Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. Comfort color, super stretchy. It will help help you have room for your Christmas casserole uh, in there. That's a large. I actually haven't gotten one myself. So, uh, anyways, wanted to make sure everybody else got one. So that one's mine. Uh, that way, I can I can wear it. Um, if you've having all this summer weather in the middle of the winter, uh, well, you can wear that on Christmas morning. All right. And so, uh, if you don't have matching PJs with your with your family. Um, we won't take a vote on it if you have matching PJs with your family. That way you only have to be embarrassed internally and not externally. But if you have your Bibles, turn to someone guess Luke 2. Luke 2. My son is very excited that I'm teaching in kids church. He obviously, I think he's more excited about me teaching in there than I am teaching in there. Um, kids are not my strong point other than my own. don't even know that they're my strong point. But uh, anyways, um, he was like, Dad, are you preaching out of Luke 2? And I was like, I am preaching out of Luke 2. He goes, because it says, and she shall bring forth a son, right? And I was like, yes, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. She shall bring forth a son. But uh, anyways, so Luke chapter number 2, we're actually going to stay in the series that we've been in. Um, kind of planned it a little bit differently uh, this year. And so we will stay in Luke, uh, or stay in the series that we've entitled Blessings, um, Finding Blessings in the Midst of the Birth. Sam, you want to grab, or Jonas, whoever's closest there. Is that Jingle Bells? That's a great song of the faith there. <laughs> Here we were trying to be spiritual and sing First Noel and Silent Night, and they're singing Jingle Bells. We should, could have just gone that route. So, anyways, but we're going to stay in the series Blessings. Um, we've been talking about finding the blessings in the midst of the burdens. And let me just go ahead and kind of, it feels like it's been a long time since we had class and it just was one Sunday off. Um, but for those of you who have maybe been out or maybe this is your first Sunday back, um, we started this the week of Thanksgiving and just kind of talked through the fact that many times what we're guilty of doing that is so distracting, is um, we are guilty of finding only the blessings to praise the Lord for. Um, one of the things that I was thinking through this morning, my wife and I, as we get ready, we always kind of try to listen to music in the mornings, and so there was a song that was playing, and uh, it was basically talking about how good things come to Christians, and, and I believe a lot of that, but one of the things that I think that we will find that maybe does not line up with our scriptural perspective is that sometimes I think that we assume that God has guaranteed us an easy Christian life. Um, we assume that God has, uh, that God promises just uh, these great blessings and that if you follow him long enough that eventually life's going to work out okay. You're going to have a lot of money in the bank. You're going to have a lot of friends. You're going to have, there's not going to be any sickness. There's not going to be any trials. There's not going to be any difficulties. When you read through scripture, that's actually very inconsistent with scripture. I want you to think about just as you have maybe what you, the knowledge that you have of the Bible and how much of it is set in a negative context. How much of it is set in maybe a trial? You know, we love stories like Joseph, but the truth is, is that Joseph did not have an easy life. 
Um, slavery is not one of those things that most of you are looking to fall into over the weekend, right? Um, you think about Daniel. Daniel was someone who, once again, was taken captive, taken to a foreign land. Much of Scripture is based in a burdened context. Much of Scripture is based in probably what many of us would consider plan B, plan C for our life. We even think in the New Testament of Paul. Okay, Look at all of the times that Paul faced something difficult. He wrote about it. He says, I faced shipwreck. I faced persecution. Um, he was bitten by a snake. Like we, we Sometimes we think that Christianity just means life's going to work out okay. And if you and I do not understand how to find blessings in the midst of the burdens, here's what I think that we will begin to see as the world continues to move and change the way that it has. We will be guilty of finding nothing to praise God for because we don't know how to find the good in the bad of this life. And so today we're going to go to Luke chapter number two, and we're going to talk about the title of the lesson is the blessings of the burden of birth, the blessings of the burden of birth. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter number two. I want us to begin reading in verse number 10. Um, actually, let's go back a little bit. Let's go to verse number six. It says, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. That's one of my favorite verses because it makes it sound like that all three of them are in the manger. Um, so for those of you who are the grammar police, I'm sure that's probably something wrong, but it makes it sound like that there's Joseph and Mary just tucked into this manger and there's Je Jesus in the middle like, oh, couldn't I get these big people out? So anyways, that's a weird Bible thing that my mind goes to. Verse number 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So much in this passage. I want us to just take a couple of minutes and look at the blessings of the burden of birth. The blessings of the burden of of birth. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you just for coming to this earth. Lord, sometimes this season it seems so busy, it seems so full, it seems stressful, it seems uh, overwhelming, it seems commercialized, Lord, it seems like all those things, but at the root of it, there was a baby in a manger with very little to do, with very little publicity, Lord, it wasn't a stressful season, wasn't a busy season. It was a season that was really about you. And so, Lord, may we step back and over these next couple of days do the exact same thing. May we worship you. May we ponder about you. 
May we bring back the wonder of just how, how incredible it is to know that you came to this earth. God, I ask you to give me wisdom as I speak today. Lord, give me the words to say. You know that uh, there's much on my mind, and so I ask you to take that and clear it out, and that your word would become real and evident in the lives of these young adults. In your name we pray. Amen. Obviously, when we talk about birth, without going into a science lesson, we understand that it is not the easiest thing, right? Um, we understand that it is not something that is uh, glamorized. It is not something that we would probably classify as um, just something that is easy or casual. It's a big deal. Um, our society has made it into a bigger deal. Now with social media, we now have gender reveal parties and we have baby showers and we have to, you have to post what your nursery looks like. And if your nursery doesn't look like Pinterest, then your nursery is ugly or, or whatever. And you have to pick out a name and you have to, there's all these steps. It's not something that just um, happens overnight. Uh, I read a book one time about fatherhood and it said many people have wondered why God gave uh, nine months for, for a baby to be born. And the guy said, he's like, I can promise you this, that it's not because of the mom getting ready. It's because the dad is not ready. And so uh, I feel that very much. But it takes nine months and there's planning, there's preparation, there's all these things that go into it. And then the actual day of the birth becomes a big deal. All the family begins to gather around. It's not something that is just casual or that is uneventful. And in some ways, because of the health and because of the safety of a newborn baby and the safety of a mother and the safety and the development of a family, in some ways it is often burdensome. Um, my wife and I obviously now have three uh, children and I can vividly remember everything leading up almost to the birth of all of our children. Um, there's a lot of burdens. There's a lot of things that you um, feel like you're going to forget. You feel like you're going to forget how to change a diaper in between them. You feel like you're going to forget how certain things uh, work. You feel like you're going to forget how to be a good dad. You feel like you're going to forget certain things. And so there's a lot of pressure that builds up to the birth of a child. And it can become burdensome. It can become overwhelming. But when you think about birth, and I want you to think about this for just a second, birth is when new life occurs. Birth is when something fresh happens. Birth is when something new comes into your life that completely changes it forever. And in your Christian life, your Christian life obviously is transformed the day that you experience a spiritual new birth. But the truth is, is when we talk about revival, we're talking about bringing something to life again. We're talking about a rebirthing, a redoing of life in your Christian life. And if you're not careful, here's what you will do sometimes in your Christian life is you'll get kind of apathetic. You'll get tired. You'll get bored. You'll get kind of maybe burnt out. And what you'll do is you'll end up avoiding the burden of new birth and never experiencing something fresh in your life. In Luke chapter number two, some of the th one of the things that I think we so often miss that is an underlying story of this passage is that it's been 400 years since God's people have heard from him. 
It's been 400 years since God's people have heard the voice of the Lord. It's been 400 silent years of no work from God, of just maybe monotony, of just maybe tradition, of just maybe uh, religion, of just maybe doing the routine things day in and day out. And all of a sudden, in Luke chapter number 2, a baby pierces that darkness. A baby pierces that silence. A baby comes to this earth. And it is the voice of the Lord. It is the Lord himself as a child. And there is burden in birth. There is burden in new life. There is burden in revival. There are things that have to be set aside. There are things that have to be renewed. There are things that have to be updated. There's things that have to be thought through. All of those things are somewhat burdensome. But if you avoid the burden of birth, you will miss the blessings of the birth as well. You see, no one walks out of the hospital, and though there might be hospital bills to be paid, and though there might be things that need to be done, though everything might not be perfectly in order, there is beauty and there is excitement that revolves around new birth. But there is also burden. And if you're not careful, here's what will so often happen to you. In a season like this, you'll step back and you'll be thinking towards maybe the first of the year. You'll be thinking toward new routines. You'll be thinking toward different things. You'll be thinking toward the fact that maybe something needs to be refreshed in your life of your relationship with God that needs to be refreshed. And you will avoid it because of the burden, but you will miss the blessings. And so today I want to give you just four blessings from this passage that accompany the burden of birth. The first of all, the first one is this, is the blessing of purpose, the blessing of purpose. When you read through Luke 2, it's amazing to me how that just one child's life that is brought into this world, it's amazing how it clarifies the purpose of so many other people just in this passage. Can you imagine being Mary and having so many doubts and so many questions and so many uncertainties and maybe being bothered at the way that this is all occurring? Maybe, maybe thinking back to prophecy that she's been taught and thinking there's no way that I can, I can handle this. And all of a sudden as she looks that baby in the eye, it just begins to change her world. She now realizes the why behind all of the what. She now realizes her purpose in life. Can you imagine being Joseph in this story and being away from his, his hometown, being away from Nazareth, having to travel with a pregnant wife, having to go and right before you have a newborn child, having to pay taxes, having all of these burdens that are going on, and yet as soon as he hears and sees that baby boy, he understands there is a purpose. And when you experience something new in your Christian life and in your spiritual life, here's what it begins to clarify. It begins to clarify why you are here. I had lunch with a, I had coffee with a guy this week, and uh, he was just talking to me about some of the things that he had gone through over the last couple of months. And he said, you know what, I didn't understand this, and I didn't understand this, and I didn't understand this. And he went through a list of things, a list of frustrations, a list of things that he didn't understand, but he said this at the very end. He says, but I now know that none of those things that frustrated me were actually the priorities of my life. Joseph could have been frustrated that his carpentry business wasn't where it needed to be, but that wasn't his purpose in life. Mary could have been frustrated that maybe the, her wedding plans had now been messed up, but that wasn't the purpose of her life. 
The shepherds could have been frustrated that they were on this hill just minding their own business and then they had to come to Bethlehem, but that wasn't the purpose of their life. And when new birth and new life is brought into your Christian life and in your spiritual life, it clarifies your purpose. We are the most distracted society that we have ever been. Many of us, if I said, what's your purpose for being here? You might be able to half-heartedly quote a Bible verse that's on the back of your mind. You might be able to run to Revelation 4.11, I was created to glorify God, or 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. You may be able to run to those things. But the truth is, is that we don't live like that, like purposed people on a day-to-day basis. Many of us were distracted. We think our purpose is to be debt-free, and there's nothing wrong with that. We think our purpose is to be in great shape, and there's nothing wrong with that. We think our purpose is to maybe be successful in life, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when we experience new spiritual birth, it has a way of bringing the blessing of purpose along with it. But then notice, secondly, is the blessing of worship. The blessing of of worship. You can't help but read Luke chapter number two and see that this is a different birth than everyone else, right? Think about all of the babies that were born on the same night as Jesus. Yet only one of them had an angel choir sing alongside of them. Yet only one of them had people that literally left where they were to come and to worship them. The blessing of worship. And can I just try to show you something? is that so often in the day-to-day monotony of life, it's hard to worship God, isn't it? My head is shaking up and down because I'm right there with you. Let's maybe not even look at the monotony of the day-to-day life. Let's just look at Christmas. It's hard to worship Christ during Christmas, isn't it? Which is unfortunate. It's hard to keep your focus where it should be. Why? Why? Because so much of the world is built off of you worshiping it or something other than Christ than it is on you worshiping Christ. The commercials that you see around this time of year are not intended to cause you to refocus your life on Christ. The relationships that you might have are normally not intended to refocus you on Christ. Many of the things that we do on a day-to-day basis are not geared toward you being focused on Christ. In fact, many would say that they're geared towards you actually being more focused on them than on Christ. There's a reason why people roll out new products and new things that you need around the Christmas time of year, isn't it? Because you didn't know you needed it until you realized everyone else was going to get it. But no one is putting together any sort of agenda or any sort of plan to get you to refocus your heart on Christ. And yet in the midst of this quiet time, in the midst of this season, people stopped to worship a baby. And when you experience new birth and new life in your life, I can promise you this, it will lead you to worship. You want to know the reason why many Christians struggle with the word and the act of worship is because they haven't experienced anything new. They haven't experienced anything fresh. They haven't experienced anything exciting. Nothing has changed, and so therefore they're not worshiping a God of today. They're worshiping a God that was only good to them three, four years ago. 
They're worshiping a God that was good to them and giving them salvation. But they're not worshiping a God that is actively doing something in their life because they have yet to experience any type of new birth. But then notice thirdly, not only is there the blessing of purpose and the blessing of worship, but there's the blessing of wonder. There's the blessing of wonder. I'm going to go ahead and tell you this is going to be hard to explain, okay? So just you're just going to have to listen, and I don't even know that I'm going to explain it well, all right? How many of you, you have seen something on television or you watch a Christmas movie and it seems like there's a wonder to it, all right? There's like a, and they even talk about it, like, like, oh, shake the, like, I feel like a lot of Christmas movies are revolve around shaking a snow globe, all right? Does anybody else with me on that? Like, there, if it doesn't have a snow globe in it that causes you to see Santa or to see whoever, then is it even a Christmas movie, all right? Snow globe, yeah, 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 exactly. All the, like, just throw some buffalo plaid and some firewood in there and we're good, all right? But so much of it revolves around the wonder, right? You look at the snow and you look at people who are way underdressed to be playing in the snow and they're going and kissing each other. And it's like, okay, like you're, you're cold. Like you're, okay. This is what this has taught me is that you are probably freezing to death right now as you kiss the love of your life on a main street that we're never going to know where it's at. All right. And they never separate. Yeah, exactly. But there's a lot of, we try to recreate this wonder around Christmas, don't we? We try to recreate it with love, and we, we try to recreate it with gifts, and we try to recreate it with family and relationships, and so now everybody, the big thing is now, and of course our family does it too, but the big thing is now, is if you get together as a family, like you can't just serve a turkey on a on just a normal white plate and now it's to be a turkey on a big platter with little cranberries and like garnishings or whatever you call them like everything has to look so cute and everything has to be so perfect and everything has to be so interesting because we want to recreate the wonder right we want, we want something that is, oh, wow, this is why we're doing this. And, and we will talk about our Christmas trees. And we go and buy a real tree because we like that it makes our house smell like a farm or something. I don't know. We want to recreate this wonder, don't we? And yet in the passage, and I want you to see this, okay? I want you to look at this. It says this in verse number 15. And it came to pass as the shepherds were gone away from them into heaven. Or the angels were coming with, not the shepherds. The shepherds didn't go to heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. They're wondering. And they made haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it, what's the next word? Wondered. They wondered. <coughs> You want to know why we try to duplicate the wonder of Christmas? Is because it was very evident in the first Christmas. And I want you to listen to this. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a movie where you shake a snow globe and see Santa. Okay, if, you, if that's your cup of hot cocoa, for lack of a better term, then go for it. All right. But here's what I want you to see. The only way that the wonder is recreated truly in Christmas is as it revolves around Jesus Christ. You will not be able to duplicate the wonder of Christ with the wonders of this world. 
There is no tree or Christmas light or Christmas experience as spectacular as Jesus Christ. There is no gift that you can give that is greater than the gift of Jesus Christ. There is nothing in this world that compares to the wonder of Jesus Christ. And sometimes we spend our lives and we spend this season trying to trump up a wonder in this world that is only found in Jesus Christ. Can you at least shake your head and maybe help me think I'm explaining it well? Okay, all right. There's so much that is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. And yet many times we don't love Christmas because of Jesus. We love Christmas because of the hot chocolate and the fireplace and the trees and the gifts and the family. And none of those things are evil or sinful. Okay, don't mistake what I'm saying. But if we can do all of that and dupe ourselves into believing that that's what Christmas is about, we have missed it. And when you experience something new and fresh from Jesus and from God, when you experience new birth in your spiritual life, it breathes this wonder back into you. A wonder that cannot be duplicated by this world. And then the last thing is this, the blessing of ponder. The blessing of ponder. If I was really good with words, I would have come up with all of them to end in onder. But, all right, the blessing of yonder, the blessing of wander, the blessing of ponder. Is there even another word that ends in onder? I don't know. Anyways, but what's that? Gavonder. Gavonder. Or fonder. Yeah, there we go. Um, but the blessing of ponder. I want you to look. This is my favorite verse. It's probably weird. But my favorite verse of the Christmas story is verse number 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I'm not a mom, obviously, okay? <laughs> but I'm married to one, all right? And sometimes to see our children through her eyes is helpful to me. Man, I think I remember a lot of stuff of our children's birth. Like, she remembers everything. Like, I remember weird stuff. Like, I remember that the day that Braxton was born, Tennessee lost to Florida 9-6, to okay? We watched it at the hospital, all right? And they didn't even score a touchdown. It was the worst game in the world, all right? They lost to, they lost to Florida 9-6, to okay? If you said, how much did Braxton weigh? I'm like, mm, nah, 9-6? to six? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm going to try to, I'm not going to remember that. But like she remembers everything. And in some ways, I see Mary kind of taking the whole thing in. That Mary's birthed this child and she looks out of a stable and sees a star. That she sees Joseph maybe standing there crying. That she sees that maybe she can hear the angels from a distance and then she sees shepherds coming. She's watching all of these moving pieces on the night that the Savior, her son, was born. And in verse number 19, you get a little glimpse behind the scenes of a very important human in Christian history. And it doesn't say that she's posting on Instagram. It doesn't say that she's got hashtag Jesus, son of Joseph. She doesn't have any of those things going on like what we have today. 
She's not worried about a nursery. She's not worried about how to set him up in the picture. She's not worried about any of those things. She simply is stepping back and she's pondering what she has seen. I want to remind you of a verse that I quote in here often, and that is this, to be still and know that I am God. You will not know God in busyness, but only in stillness. One of the great downfalls of the Christian life, and really just of our lives in general, is that we're not really good at being quiet and still. My wife and I were watching some stupid video the other day about, or actually last night, after we had had three cups of coffee at the Christmas party and couldn't go to sleep, all right? We were watching some stupid video, and it said, it was like this girl, and she says, I hate being alone with my thoughts in the car. And it was just her going like, I'm turning left, I'm turning left, I need to get over. Like, and how many of you How many of you do that? Like, you talk to yourself in the car. But, like, or I'm always banging on the steering wheel. Like, and then it's like, just shut up, Walt. Like, just sit still, okay? But we're not good at being quiet. We're not good at pondering. We're not good at stepping back and saying, this is what's happening. You want to know something? And I know that maybe other than a, a few of you, one of you, Jordan and Brittany, okay? No one in here is parents. Good, because we're a young adults class, right? <laughs> so, but no one in here is a parent other than really two of us, four of us. Two couples, one, anyways. Um, but you know what's intriguing is that after all of the hubbaloo of having a child, is there comes a point late into the day, late into the night, whenever it happens, to where there's not visitors, there's not people crowded around you, you're sleepy, you're tired, you've got a new baby that's probably gonna cry in two hours, You've got nurses who are going to come in and talk to you. You've got all these different things. But there comes a point to where there's a very quiet, surreal moment. Like a dummy, we went in to have Braxton on the weekend of we, of the first ever We Love the Borough projects. At one point, how many did I count? 41 people in our hospital room, and I'm just standing out in the hallway. And everybody's wearing matching shirts. So as if it didn't look weird enough that like there were people in there, everyone's wearing We Love the Borough shirts and holding the pastor's new grandson, okay? And after all of that went away, there's just me and her sitting there, and it's kind of like, what do we do? Do, do we watch this six-inch TV that the hospital has provided for us so graciously? What, what is there to do? And there comes a point to where it gets very real. Like, I don't get to leave this human being here. Like, I have to take it home, all right? <laughs> I have to figure out what to do with it. Like, I have to figure out how it works. There comes a very surreal moment. But there also comes a very introspective and reflective moment where all of a sudden there's some joy to it. There's been a lot of burden leading up to it. There's going to be a lot of burden to follow. But as you ponder it, there's a lot of joy around it. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Is that as you look at Luke chapter number 2 this season, many of you will read it before you open your gifts. Many of you will maybe post a verse from it. But I want you to take some time this Christmas season and allow the burden of birth that Mary experienced to become the blessing of worship 
to allow it to become the blessing of wonder, to allow it to become the blessing of taking some time to ponder and to think about your Christian life, to allow it to clarify your purpose and your priorities in this life. There's some of us that we you've ran hard this year. You've ran hard the past two years. You've been splintered in a thousand different directions. And at the end of the day, 999 of them are not your purpose for being here. But Jesus Christ is. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray. I'm going to have Jordan come in just a second and close us with a prayer request while I run over to teach. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us. I want you to take some time, if not a super deep lesson, but one straight out of the passage that much of the world is revolving around right now. And my prayer for you this Christmas is simply this, that somehow you would begin to get Jesus back into Christmas. Okay? I will tell you that the way that you keep Christ in Christmas, as all of the little shirts say, is not by wearing a t-shirt. It's not by saying Merry Christmas to someone who says Happy Holidays. The way that you keep Christ in Christmas is by living your life revolving around him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to help us with that. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for these young adults. Lord, I thank you for how well they listened. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would help us as we go through this Christmas week. Lord, that we may be clarified in our purpose for being on this earth. That we may worship you. Lord, that you would restore the wonder to Christmas, not because of some cheesy movie or some cliche saying or because of the way that our house is decorated, that you would put the wonder back into Christmas for each and every one of us because of your son. And that you would allow each of us to take the time to ponder and to experience just how good you are in your name we pray. Amen. Alright, Jordan's going to come. I'm going to go teach another lesson. Yes. <laughs> all right, everybody, this is a little different. Out of all the years we've been in here, we've never done it this way, so that's a little weird. Does anyone have any prayer requests? I got quite a few, actually, and a phrase. Um, what is your first name? I'm sorry. William. William. Um, but my friend Kaya, she, uh, for the last few weeks, has been in rehab, and uh, my first deal is, is a phrase that she actually recently completed said rehab, um, and I'm thankful for that, and I uh, just pray that she continues to get better, uh, especially uh, since I found out that the reason why she was in there is she, uh, while looking for more drugs, apparently it was raped, and uh, she detoxed in the hospital and then was sent to rehab, and thankfully she's completed that, I just pray that she continues to get better closer to God, and not only that, but her sister, Kaylee, is going through pregnancy, so I pray that that goes well. Anyone else? My friend Eliza's mom passed away. Um, she was saying that they're just 
really devastated. It was um, very sudden. husband who had COVID and was in the hospital on a ventilator. Uh, he's off the ventilator now and is making recovery. Um, he, uh, I think a couple days ago, actually was able to start breathing on his own without oxygen. So. My neighbor, Martha Clark, her um, brother is not doing very well. His name's Fred. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.